Today's date is October 30th, 2017. Hello and welcome to a special Halloween edition of Hit the Books Podcast. My name is Chris Holcomb. And I, Memory Saunders. And once again, we're here to bring you all the saucy deets on everything comics this week. For those unfamiliar with the show, we start with a little bit of banter back and forth. We go on to tell you the new releases of the week. And then we go on to our discussion topics after awarding our cover and variant cover of the week. If that sounds interesting to you, please hit like and subscribe down below. And keep up with us on Stitcher or iTunes if you so wish. Emery, what have you been reading? Uh, well, since last time we met, uh, I believe I haven't really read much except for maybe Batman White Knight. Not sure if I mentioned that last time, but uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the only thing I read this week. Yeah, I'm in pretty much the same boat. <laughs> we uh, thought we were going to have a guest on tonight, and we've been working on some other things in addition to that. And uh, things didn't pan out. Some things uh, just happen. You just got to roll with it. So oh, yeah. We might be getting this out to you a little bit late, later than Wednesday, like we usually do. Um, so please forgive us. But we will be on time next week, and maybe we'll have that said guest on the next one uh i also have only read <laughs> thanks to you once again uh the batman white knight and uh i think it lived up to the hype i think it's a pretty darn good start after issue one uh spoiler alert for our releases this week uh number two is coming out this week and if you haven't picked up number one i re- highly recommend you go do it and pick up issue two afterwards Oh, yeah. Print, if at all, you can get it. Uh, if not, get it on Comixology or any of the other apps that uh, let you purchase comics online. Yeah. But uh, when possible, support your local comic book shop because they work hard. Yes, they do. And they provide a community you don't really see anywhere else. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I read. All right. Well, with that. Let's get into the news. First up on our news docket, <laughs> Zachary Levi is the new Shazam and will be appearing in multiple DCEU movies. I'm going to keep calling him Captain Marvel. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah, and I don't I don't think his movie's going to get made. <laughs> Personally. And if it does, I hope it never sees theaters or anything else he's supposedly going to appear in. Yeah. How are you going to have a Shazam movie without Black Adam, (laughs) but have Black Adam in the next Man of Steel movie and have him cameo? With no Shazam. Are are we just never having these two meet? What what is the deal, guys? Yeah, I don't don't like any of this. (laughs) (laughs) I've been saying I wanted them to cut this franchise, all of these franchises, off and just start over. And they just (laughs) refuse to do it. We have to commit. We have to right the course of the ship instead of just letting it sink and getting a whole new boat. you you had your out <laughs> when uh, Snyder had the issues with his family and stuff. You have a perfectly reasonable and good excuse to just say, all right, 
Let's just start with the new phase, new director. <laughs> yeah, we're you, we're gonna yeah the, the perfect excuse to start Warner all Brothers. over. Yeah, just just start over. You're already trying to make multiple Joker movies from different universes and stuff. Just just start <laughs> over, please. Not that his casting is bad, but this universe is bad, <laughs> and it should feel bad. I don't care if you use the same actors. Just. Get different writers. Yeah. Get different directors. I think that's been the the crux of this whole thing is that the while the at least with Wonder Woman, the imagery and the storytelling has improved, it's still not quite all that good. <laughs> <laughs> so uh that's our biggest news item for this week. Is uh Zachary Levi <laughs> becoming the new Shazam. Um, next up on the docket, Thor Ragnarok premieres on Thursday, November 2nd Ooh. this week. So are we going to see it right away or right away? Uh, uh, right away. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, if you've been keeping up with Marvel at all, you're probably going to want to see this movie. Oh, yeah. Planet Hulk meets pseudo Ragnarok ish <laughs> yeah i mean we're we're playing it fast and loose with that term and or norse myth all on its own <clears throat> yeah so hopefully it's good previews oh. and stuff all sound pretty much what you'd expect from a marvel movie super hyped probably like it more than they should but we'll <laughs> see if it it lives up to the hype this time. Yeah, it's definitely going with the illusion of the first time on this one. Yeah, for for me, I, I I'm looking forward to this, but I'm kind of afraid it's just going to be spread a little thin, and there's just going to be too many silly subplots going on, it, and it's not going to be a Thor movie <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, uh, potentially uh, a whole lot of style and little to no substance, maybe. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, soups are super, super, super overhyped. <laughs> Spider-Man Homecoming lived up to the hype. Yeah. Uh, we'll see if uh, they can round out the year with another living up to the hype or <laughs> if uh, it falls somewhere in between, as it, I expect. It's like actually making a good Thor movie. Yeah. And I, I get like the aesthetic that everybody seems to be going with trying to appeal to 80s kids. <laughs> but I feel like that you should have done that like five years ago. Uh, yeah, I, th that, I feel like that should getting... have been the approach from Jump Street like with the, Thor. Yeah, like the hipsters are starting to dress in 80s style and <laughs> the cars are becoming boxy again. <laughs> you do realize like the 80s purpose. were one of the ugliest and most like unattractive, unfashionable <laughs> <laughs> decades in United States history. Uh, everything was boxy. Everything had shoulder pads. <laughs> you know, was, it, it's funny. Like you uh, could, everything was gaudy and untasteful. You you could see what should have been a clear transition from the seventies to the nineties, but then the eighties happened, and just like, <sighs> guys, why? <laughs> so I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just hope it's not coming back because I really don't. You know. I love the show Stranger Things, for example, but it, you, especially in the second season, which is really good, by the way. If you haven't watched Stranger Things, you should watch it on Netflix. But the second season, especially, was trying to prod and poke your '80s sentiment. You know, right? Uh, I was born '91, so 
kind of missed the boat on that one. (laughs) I was behind on everything, so I grew (laughs) up with, like, the last phase of the 80s stuff in my life. Right. Um, But (laughs) I feel like they're trying too hard to appeal to the wrong generations, you know? (laughs) 80s kids are getting on in their 30s now. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I feel like you should have done this, you know, a few years ago. Right. I feel like it's the 90s <laughs> kids you probably want to look at now, but you're going to jump on that ship way too late, too. I don't know. We'll wait till another X-Men movie for that one. <laughs> oh, give it to Marvel, please. Please! <laughs> yeah, Fox, you did a good job. You did an honorable job. You had a few bad ones in there, but... For the most part, you pulled it off. Just give it back. Yeah, <laughs> you're done. You 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 had a great run. You made we, plenty of money. We we as intriguing as New Mutants looks. We don't need it. Yeah. Granted, their TV shows are pretty good. I guess so. Uh, a lot better than I wish they were. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to go back to Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next on our list, the third item, we have Peyton List replacing Maggie Geha. Who is replaced? Who replaced Claire Foley in the role of Poison Ivy on the show Gotham for season four? So they have now had three Poison Ivies: one younger one, and then two older ones. <laughs> are, are we just um, going with uh, find girl with red hair and put her in this thing? They don't even have red hair, <laughs> at least not naturally. Um, oh God, that. But, Wait, but I why though? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Maybe they didn't get along with the director. I don't know. I guess. Uh, <sighs> it, it's just so. like I I don't understand why they can't keep one person to play this role that isn't even all that major. Have you kept up with Gotham at all? Uh, here and there. Uh, my viewing of that show's been sporadic after season one. Yeah, I watched season one, and I really enjoyed it whenever it wasn't focusing on the little kid Bruce and the Selena Kyle kid. Yeah. Uh, And then season two just seemed to double down (laughs) on the wrong things, and I just lost it. I couldn't watch it because I just couldn't watch entire episodes dedicated to these two kids and their kind of bad acting. (laughs) And just, I don't need to see this little kid and hockey pads <laughs> pretending to be batman yeah i focus on gordon that's that was what was interesting um he's not wearing hockey pads yeah oh no way yeah he is so maybe maybe it got better i don't know i've heard that uh the guy who plays joker and the guy who plays riddler do pretty good jobs but i just i don't know <laughs> it, was, it was a rough second season from what i was watching and where i dropped it uh, next up, Walking Dead has premiered to its smallest opening weekend since season two. So they just recently had their big premiere, and there's been a big drop-off apparently this season. Granted, season two and season one had pretty decent premieres, because that's when the zombie craze was at full blast. And Oh, yeah. Season one got people hyped up <laughs> in a way that I, I'd never experienced before. Yeah. Um, so it's still respectable numbers for AMC, but it's clear that they've probably hit their peak. And it's, I don't think it's because of like writing or story direction. I think people are just getting bored with the premise. It, yeah, I mean, you can only hold that for so long before like it, you 
end up running into like doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Uh, I think there's two things that really contribute to this. Um, the first thing is they made a spinoff show. Oh, Fear of the Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that in part is devouring a large section of the audience <laughs> and people are either, you know, cannibalizing, <laughs> you know, their own franchise by watching this other one and kind of focusing more on that one. Yeah. Or they're just kind of just getting washed out with it where there's just so much of it and they're just, you know, losing interest every time <laughs> it appears on their TV. <laughs> Uh, and the second thing I think it, that's contributing to the drop is just streaming in general. Everybody expects to be able to marathon it and be <laughs> done with it, you know? <laughs> I'm just going to watch it, yeah. all of it at once. Everybody's cutting the cord, you know? <laughs> Even when I do use some kind of TV service, it's a TV antenna for HD or it's PlayStation View because then I yeah. don't have to worry about the fucking cable company screwing me over and <laughs> charging me an arm and a leg for a bunch of shit i don't want right you know and i yeah <laughs> that is one way of doing it um but really if i wanted to i could every show i care about i could just watch on hulu everything short of sports i could just watch on hulu and be perfectly happy yeah and <laughs> you know if i want a marathon stuff i'll just wait for the season to end and watch it on netflix but the drawback to the kind of new television phase we're entering is that everybody's waiting for seasons to be done with and then going and watching them. Unfortunately, but, they don't get ratings right. for retroactive watching on streaming <laughs> service. They get ratings for the premieres and the new episodes, which I feel like people in general across the board are watching less and less and less of outside of sports. Right. It, so. It's... This is a very different age of television that we're living in now. The, the old ways of, like, keeping up with the show and, like, DVRing it and just, like, making sure that you're there at your television watching it when it comes on. It, it's not there anymore. Like, the the way that we watch things now is at our convenience. And all of these companies have gone out of their way to come up with a million different ways to make it more convenient. Yeah. So, um, death to cable. <laughs> uh, Ga- death cable. to traditional TV, because yeah. clearly it's not going to stay that way. And I think Netflix <laughs> got the head start on that, and Prime's starting to catch up, Hulu's starting to catch up. but YouTube is uh, pulling up the rear. I think even sports are starting to try streaming on like Facebook and Twitter and on Verizon apps so that <laughs> you don't have to have the cable subscription because they know it's killing their, their viewership. And ESPN has refused <laughs> to do such things, which is why they keep laying people off and running out of money. Yeah. Even though they're owned by Disney, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Oh. <laughs> so I think that's probably contributing more than anything is just the new age of TV. I I think what The Walking Dead should probably do after this season, and again, the the show hasn't dropped off in quality that much. I feel like it's pretty much the same pretty good quality that it's had for a while. Um, they get hung up on some parts, but really it's been pretty stable. Um, I think what they, what they should do after the season is maybe take a break for a year or two because Walking Dead is ending fairly soon. Basically, you know, uh, I, think the, I would uh, guess within the next the, few years it's going to yeah, be over. Yeah, I mean, the 
comic book series ended. So, uh, like, I think the I think they've just run out of material. Well, it hasn't ended yet. It's it hasn't ended. No, it's still. Oh. It's supposedly going to end around issue two hundred. I think they're in the one seventies right now, somewhere around there. Oh, yeah. So just like Invincible, you know, it's coming to its end because there is an end. Uh, the creator has said so. So there's an end in sight. I think because the TV show is pretty much caught up to where the comic is you know it's <laughs> that they should they should wait yeah it's a few volumes behind but clearly if they d- don't keep stalling <laughs> they're gonna hit that wall within the next season or two oh, i think yeah. what they should do is just take us take a year off you know let the fatigue you know wash out a little bit let fear the walking dead end <laughs> <laughs> uh because it's, it's the inferior product in my opinion <laughs> Uh, and while it is inferior, it is the one that's untethered to an actual graphic novel. Yeah. Which, well, to an extent, because it's in the same world. And yeah, yeah. Um, let that wash out a little bit, and wait for the comic to either end or get to the point where it's about to end, and yeah. then me- let the last two seasons or last three seasons finally just do their thing out. and close it all out. Yeah. I would even say film it all at once and just. Oh, release yeah. it year by year. Just be like, film it. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna once, film this whole thing once the books are finished. Write out the the last two or three seasons and film them all, and let the actors go do their own thing. Well, they sit on their haunches and watch TV work. And if you need reshoots for some reason, you have reshoots. Yeah, you don't have to worry about anybody dying <laughs> in real life. <laughs> you know, yeah. Let's, all your characters uh, will still be there because you have already filmed it. So let, let's free up these actors. Specifically, let's free up Norman Reedus. Yeah, I feel like more TV and movie projects should do this, especially when you you already know <laughs> what the end is going to be, what the end is going to be, and what actors are going to want to do more projects and stuff in the future. Uh, oh yeah, uh, it's uh, the, the Lord you know, of the Rings approach. Yeah, you know, Walking Dead is not going to drop significantly in, in ratings in the next season or two, right? Beyond the point where it wouldn't be worth the production cost. So just produce it all at once knock it out man yeah that's what i say smaller shows riskier shows i understand (laughs) but for this one it's your headlining show right now on your network you might as well just wait a year and then record everything and then release it all right actually uh in that year off that would give them a perfect opportunity to maybe try out some other shows yeah exactly uh, which they have been doing. I'll, I'll give AMC credit. Yeah, they're one of the few networks that keeps trying new stuff and uh, with oh it, yeah, without just outright canceling good shows like <laughs> a certain beloved show we can think of on NBC. Save Constantine. Save Constantine. Hashtag Save Constantine. <sighs> <laughs> Synchronized sigh. That's how much it hurts. <laughs> And that, my friends, is the news. So, what books are we going to be hitting this week? (laughs) (laughs) Spooky week. Oh, Emery, I thought you'd never ask. All right. Oh, man, I can't talk today. Fuck. I'm going to be cutting (laughs) so much shit out of this episode. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. Let's get these covers up. Now, folks, we have... uh, a light haul this week, I'm guessing, just because the holidays are coming around. We have Halloween this week, and then we have Thanksgiving in a few weeks from now, and then Christmas is not too far away, and people are going to start putting up lights and harassing you with holiday music at the mall, 
and you're just never going to escape it. But until we get to that dreadful point, uh, let's bring up these spooky, scary comic books. <laughs> <laughs> All right. First up, from DC Comics, we have Bane Conquest, number seven. Bane? Conquest. Want to be a conquest. Uh, we have Batman, number 34. We have Batman, the Devastator, number one. Metal. <laughs> it's so metal. Oh, my God. <laughs> We have our aforementioned Batman White Knight number two, and they are releasing a, a second printing of number one this week. So if you haven't got a chance to read it, you might as well pick up the second print and oh, yeah. read them all together. Why not? Yeah. Um, Do it. And Nightwing is in it, and he's not getting his ass kicked. <laughs> what a concept. Uh, that's because he's not the focus. <laughs> Uh, next, we have Black Lightning, Cold Dead Hands, number one. It, it, we said it before. <laughs> you don't have to call him Black Lightning. You could just call him Lightning. His lightning's blue. <laughs> his uniform is blue. <laughs> like, for the only thing black is his skin. Right. <laughs> you don't have to point it out. <laughs> the skin that you only see from the neck up. <laughs> Just call him lightning. Right. <laughs> or anything. <laughs> Vulcan. Something. Something uh, that, like, clearly, like, we have to point out he's black. <laughs> we have to do it. Oh. It's just, we get it. It's the historical name, but those were not happy times. No, they were not. Uh, next up, we have Bombshells United, number five. We have Cyborg. Number 18. Notice, not black cyborg, just cyborg. <laughs> just cyborg. It's that okay. Doing just fine. It sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Next, we have Dastardly and Muttley, number three. We have White Deathstroke, number 25. See how that works? Seems silly, right? <laughs> it's just Deathstroke. Deathstroke number 25. Yeah. <sighs> we have <laughs> We have Aryan Green Arrow number 34. <laughs> so, sound good? Uh yeah, we have to we have to let everyone know. Hitler's that, Wet Dream number 34? Yeah, he's uh blonde-haired, <laughs> blue-eyed, and he's rich. <laughs> Clearly, he's superior. Uh, just, 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 just common guys, sense, guys. Guys, come on. All right, Green Arrow number thirty-four. I'll stop riding you. <laughs> uh, we have Green Lanterns number thirty-four. Oh yeah, we could have been bad about this one. <laughs> That'd be a long one, though. <laughs> yeah, it would. We have Harley and Ivy meet Betty and Veronica number two. Archie tie-in. We have Injustice 2, number 13. We have The Jetsons, number one. And it's not your friendly cartoony Jetsons. It's very much like the uh, Scooby-Doo Apocalypse <laughs> comic that's been going on. Here come the Jetsons. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> we have Justice League, number 32. We have Nightwing getting his ass kicked yet again 
oh, on the no. cover of number 32. They keep doing it. <laughs> DC just hates Nightwing. <laughs> Why? They keep trying to kill him. We have Superman number 34. And that wraps up our DC releases. From Marvel Comics, we have Astonishing X-Men number 5. We have Avengers number 673, Legacy. We have Black Bolt number 7. We just, just to make sure you guys aren't confused, Black Bolt is not a character who happens to be black and has the word black in the name of his title. Yeah, his uniform actually has some black on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he's a white, sort of non-human guy who lives on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure they, they don't see skin color on the moon. They They have other things that they determine superiority by. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Captain America, number 695. Legacy. Legacy. <laughs> we have... Oh, boy. Guardians of the Galaxy, number 146. Legacy. Legacy. <laughs> we have Iceman, number 7. Legacy. Legacy. <laughs> we have Inhumans, Once in Future Kings, number 4. We have Iron Fist, number 74. Legacy. We have Old Man Logan, number 30. We have Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, number 6. We have Power Pack, number 63. Legacy. Legacy. God damn it. (laughs) Marvel, quit it. (laughs) We have Spider-Man, number 234. Legacy. Legacy. We have Star Wars, Darth Vader, number seven. And that wraps up our Marvel releases for this week. Let's see if I... Uh, From Image, we have Extremity, number eight. We have Lazarus, X plus... uh, Excuse me. X plus 66, number four. We have number one with a bullet, number one. We have Paper Girls, number 17. We have Stray Bullets, Sunshine and Roses, number 29. We have The Grave Diggers Union, number 1. We have The Spread, number 23. We have, like I said, The Walking Dead, number 173. Hey! <laughs> Getting close to the end, though. Um, Supposedly. Supposedly. Maybe he's just leading us on because he's bored. (laughs) (laughs) Even if we go to 200, we still got a while before we get there. Still a great comic. Pick it up if you're you're not. Oh, yeah. Uh, From Boom Studios, we have Adventure Time number 70. We have Giant Days number 32. We have Lazaretto number 3. We have The Emery Wars, Good Apollo, I'm Burning Star 4, number 8, Fuck Your Name. Oh my god. Um <laughs> That's absurd. Let's see here. From Dark Horse Comics, we have Usagi Ujimbo number 163. From Archie Comics, we have World of Archie Christmas Annual Digest number 73. It's too early for Christmas. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> it's not even November yet. 
from Lions <laughs> from Lion Forge Comics, we have Catalyst Prime number. Uh, excuse me, Catalyst Prime Noble number two. We have Voltron Legendary Defender number two. We have Voltron Legendary Defender number three. Guess they're releasing two books of the same title in the same week. Interesting. Yep, that's all our releases this week. Um, oh man. As you can tell, we don't have a lot of releases this week, and a lot of the releases we do have are kind of lackluster in the artwork department. Um, so unfortunately, even though we had a wealth of great covers last week, we don't have my favorite covers this week, uh, although we do have two respectable ones that we would love to share with you and award the prestigious, nay life-changing award of cover and variant cover of the week. First up, our cover of the week goes to DC's Batman White Knight number two. Hey! Illustrated by Sean Murphy, who, uh, if you're familiar, has done a lot of work with uh, Snyder on The Wake, which has awesome covers and awesome artwork inside. I highly recommend The Wake if you can pick it up. Yeah, Sean Murphy really knows what he's doing. Uh, he, I love his cover art in general just because he has such a unique style. He has this weird kind of like brush stroke look to all his artwork. And I don't know if he does it digitally or if he does it with a thick pencil or something. But he, he has that very iconic look. And I think if the story holds up for uh, Sean Murphy's new book, Batman White Knight... Um, It'll be on par with, say, Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns in terms of icon status among comic books. Because it does have that very identifiable, very like pinpoint accurate cover art that you can see and recognize immediately as Sean Murphy. And uh, hopefully the writing stays as good as we anticipate it will. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That. Between this one and Mr. Miracle, DC is kind of killing it right now. Yeah, so we great, great cover art. Uh, features his style of Batman up at the top. Underneath, it looks to be uh, Napier kneeling at a shrine to Batman, if not Bruce himself. It's hard to tell here. I'm going to go on a limb because of the coattails and say it's Napier. Um, makes sense unless somehow that's like weirdly alfred with like a weird butler coat i have no idea for uh reasons we read about in the book no spoilers but i probably doubt it's alfred (laughs) (laughs) you're not wrong um so definitely pick up that book, number one and number two. This week's cover of the week is number two, but definitely pick up both those books because if nothing else, it's intriguing oh. and a, a concept I didn't like hearing about, but as I actually read it, I really loved it and engaged in it. So, Oh, yeah. Great work, Sean Murphy. Keep doing what you're doing. We love it. Next up, our variant cover of the week goes to... Dynamite Entertainment's The Shadow Slash Batman number two tan cover illustrated by Philip Tan. Uh, This one uh, 
just has a really cool broad brushstroke <laughs> it almost has the kind of batman and robin or batman and nightwing or batman and batgirl kind of cover where they have the the big giant muscled out <laughs> roided out <laughs> batman looming over top of in this case the shadow who's kind of kneeling on a gargoyle you know it's the classic hero posing yeah it's it's very, it is the very quintessential you know hero posing with said partner or sidekick um and the artwork just looks cool it's uh there's a, something dynamite kind of does that i appreciate where instead of having the big giant banner like marvel does or the big giant blue banner like dc occasionally does although they've gotten way better um, is they just had the thin little strip on the right side that identifies it as number two and from Dynamite Entertainment, and then they got a little DC logo where they partnered. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it allows you to see and appreciate the art and the <laughs> colors and everything. And I think what makes it stand out the most is actually the, the color. Whoever the colorist was, whether it was Philip Tan or somebody else, the colorist did a great job blending all these colors together and making it, making the illusion that there's kind of a smearing glare you know to your eyes almost like you're looking at it through a lens or something yeah so uh good on you philip tan and dynamite slash dc entertainment uh it's a wonderful cover by philip tan and we hope to see more of you in the future well uh, we don't have a does the content match the drapes this week because uh, last week's issues were number fives. and <laughs> we, <laughs> I think it was a number five and a number eight. So we didn't have enough time to get caught up enough to the content to say whether that was true or not. But we might address it next week if we can get caught up to it. Oh, yeah. Um, and since this week's are two number twos and we've already read one of them, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure we're going <laughs> to let you know. That, that'll be much easier to do for us. Yeah, so we will let you know, did the cover and variant cover of the week match the the content? Did the drapes match the content? Next week, you can probably bet White Knight will make it. <laughs> That's probably a safe bet there. Oh, yeah. Uh, for our new friends out there, this is the part of the show where we each discuss a topic of our choosing about the world of comics emery what's your topic today's topic is going to be sidekicks that uh that that one thing that even if you're not really into superheroes or superhero comic books the concept of a sidekick will be instantly familiar to you like batman and robin are too huge to not be known to have worked together. Yeah. And I kind of want to talk about uh, a good sidekick versus a bad sidekick. I think we've alluded to this a little bit with our previous discussions, I think in episode seven, where we talked a lot about which was the best Robin. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I think we've gone over a little bit of this. So, Oh, yeah. But uh, there are other superheroes or supervillain, not supervillains, sidekicks out there. Yeah. Uh, Let's say we have Speedy. Oh, yeah. We have Speedy, Red Arrow, 
Aqualad. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, technically, you can include, say, Supergirl. Technically. Uh, she's not really... <laughs> out, she doesn't really appear outside of Superman's general proximity. Power Girl does, but yeah. not so much Supergirl. Um, yeah. In that same kind of connotation, I guess you can include Batgirl. Superboy. Uh, yeah, Superboy, although he doesn't really get along with Clark, so I don't, I probably wouldn't include Superboy. Yeah. Um, Kid Flash. Yeah. Um, (laughs) a lot of DCs, (laughs) noticing. You have Bucky, you have Falcon, to an extent. To an extent. He didn't really become an individual until very recently, I would say. Um, Iron Man has War Machine ish. What? What's another Marvel one? I mean, you could say basically Xavier's entire school is nothing but kid sidekicks in training. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, you could say that. Oh, I I, would say that. (laughs) I'm not gonna. (laughs) You you have three or four main characters that stick around and Beast, Wolverine, Jean Grey, if she's not dead. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cyclops, if he's not being an asshole. And then you have... The random interchangeable children <laughs> that Xavier weaponizes to save the world. <laughs> I would uh, say that's a sidekick. Y- yeah. You have all of the Robins. All of the Robins. You you could uh, step into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles territory and say that every single turtle is a sidekick to Splinter. Or <laughs> you'd say, uh, what's the hockey guy's name? Casey Jones. Casey Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's a nice little tag along. But yeah, there's there's plenty to choose from, depending on how refined you want to call a sidekick. Oh is, yeah. Is a sidekick only the child? <laughs> the teenager that tags along and tries not to screw things up. <laughs> but who or can almost it be always expanded to anybody that frequently partners up with them and plays the lesser support role because uh, if you include anybody that includes that plays the lesser support role primarily to one character you i absolutely would say you know war machine is a oh. sidekick oh yeah, yeah, yeah i absolutely would say you know um falcon falcon is a sidekick uh, yeah basically <laughs> bucky's <laughs> replacement when bucky's rogue you know um <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. Uh, I think I would extend that to anyone who plays the the lesser role to the the other heroes, like, main pivotal role. Mm-hmm. And there's even some villains who have sidekicks. The biggest one I can think of is Harley Quinn. Oh, yeah. She is the quintessential villain sidekick. Right. Slash romantic interest. <laughs> ironically born from the cartoon series and not the comics. Yeah. The the guys who were doing the Batman series in like ninety two. Yep. Yeah. Um Stroke of Genius right there. And they originally intended just to have her as kind of a throwaway, you know Joker 
thug. <laughs> yeah. And then they ended up liking her so much, they gave her an origin story and everything. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they really went all in with that one. Can you think of any other villain sidekicks? Um villain sidekicks. I mean, you used to be able to kind of say Toad for Magneto. Yeah. He was just kind of Magneto's punching bag. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, we need our our Igors, <laughs> who are our Igors, or Igor, depending. Yeah. Um, trying to think of a good s- villain sidekick. Um, I think you could technically say up Mister Sinister to Apocalypse, up to a certain point. Yeah, it's yeah. Like whenever, I can see it. whenever the two of them are in the same room, like one is definitely playing the alpha. <laughs> <laughs> Although Mister Sinister usually has some kind of ulterior motive going on there, always because um, he's a villain. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, there's plenty I can think of outside of comic books, but I'm trying. Try- I'm having trouble trying to think of the comic book examples outside of the ones we mentioned. Yeah. Um, Harley Quinn keeps popping in my mind because she really is the quintessential (laughs) villain sidekick there. Yeah. Um, Uh, Spider-Man have a... I mean, there's Green Goblin, who's like like his big bad. Yeah. Like I was thinking maybe his son. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of. I think that's more of like an inherited role type of thing. Uh yeah, that makes more sense. Let's see here. There's got to be something. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm coming up dry, but yeah. I feel like there's a lot more than I'm thinking of. Yeah, there's um, got to be more out there. There's the 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 security girl that always protects Lex Luthor. Yeah, Mercy, Mercy, Mercy. Graves. Yeah. Um, there's got to be more. Reverse Flash doesn't have one. Aquaman's Black Manta doesn't have <laughs> one. I was about to say Ormarius, but no, Black Manta is his big bad. Yeah. Um, Zod's got an army, essentially. Yeah, he's got, uh, like he, he's got a couple of sidekicks. Yeah, he's got two at least. He's like uh, usually uh, Ursa and Ursa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Zod's a big one. He's got two sidekicks, yeah. slash soldiers. Yeah, the the Red Skull maybe. No, I mean you can include every Nazi as <laughs> 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 a sidekick. <laughs> um, oh. and maybe we should have made a list before we recorded. <laughs> I'm gonna have to cut a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, they are. So, what makes a good or bad sidekick? Using the definition that it's anybody who plays a lesser support role to a primary character very, very frequently, or is more known for doing that than being their own individual character. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I would say the the primary thing would be that their shining moment revolves around them helping the main hero. Yeah. As opposed to being a spotlight stealer. Mm-hmm. Um, characters that fit this description most <laughs> frequently are the Robins. Oh, every uh, single one of them. So occasionally some of the Batgirls. 
uh nightwing every once in a while although he's kind of finally gotten away <laughs> yeah when he's not getting his ass beat on the cover um uh harley quinn for a villain uh war machine for iron man uh i mean there's a uh, bucky, bucky for captain america yeah. speedy kid flash yeah uh <clears> hmm <throat> Yeah, all of those characters are pretty good at doing that. Uh, any story where it becomes more about the sidekick than it does about the hero, say, like what happened with Jason Todd when he kind of ran off on his own and, you know, got himself killed. Yeah. that That's a pretty prime example of how not to be a good sidekick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he was already pretty bad at being a sidekick. Uh, <laughs> That's a fair point. Hence the reason he was voted to death. <laughs> um, I don't. For me, there's two kinds of sidekicks, and it's hard to judge one type. Uh, there's the corny, kind of you know, just fun, whimsical sidekick who's there to be the comic relief, or you know, who's there because of you know classic mantras like you know early versions of speedy and robin and you know right uh those types of things let's lighten up this whole serious book here yeah uh carrie kelly for example yeah she you know she doesn't really do anything (laughs) um, except for show up besides show up with her slingshot and uh you know distract people and push some buttons right um and provide comic relief to an otherwise very text heavy <laughs> uh satire heavy comic um yeah so in that regards you know it's hard to judge characters like that because you know they're not really contributing much and the comic wouldn't really be that much different without them but they they are there just to lighten things up a little bit and add some color you know yeah so it's hard to criticize that too much um but i think think there's the other one that is supposed to be taken seriously and uh yeah for whatever reason it's really hard to to do that whether it's because you're you have to make a great leap in logic to you know recognize them and acknowledge them in the comic and the way they act and the way they behave and whatever their age is (laughs) there's several factors that can play into this um yeah for me there's while robin's are usually the quintessential uh, go-to for sidekicks and great sidekicks between, you know, Dick Grayson, Tim Drake, you know, some regards uh, Damien. Um, Sometimes the interpretations used of the Robin is just so kind of far-flung and, I don't know, irrational to me that I can't really support it. Yeah. I I love Robin when... He's more of an older teenager, you know, and fif- not like 10, 15, 16, 17, maybe hopefully older. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they are in a more, you know, refined get up, protective get up. Um, and not the scale mail briefs. Yeah, not it's not the ten year old in the scale mail <laughs> underwear <laughs> with the bright yellow and bright green and bright red <laughs> that is not going to protect them whatsoever. Yeah. Um, or just their exposed legs. Unless it's like a comedy comic where it's supposed to be kind of tongue in cheek. Um 
in this case, I have trouble, you know, acknowledging it. it some examples in recent memory, obviously in the the classic Robin or whatever, you, it's a little bit different, you know. Uh, but in the you know more modernized versions of Batman, I I can't <laughs> I can't sit well with it when I see it uh, in a book. I think the biggest example I can think of is uh, uh, was All Star Batman and Robin. Yes, that's not the one I'm thinking of where he punches <laughs> Green Lantern in the throat and almost kills him. Yeah, um, but that interpretation I really didn't like because it was Dick Grayson. <laughs> But he was really, really young, and he was just a kid <laughs> who Batman trained to murder people, uh, <laughs> grown like adult the, men. It, this um, is literally like the darkest timeline yeah. for these characters. And, and and he's wearing this bright, colorful getup with you know, short shorts, essentially, and <laughs> or trunks or whatever it was, and like little Peter Pan shoes. <laughs> And he uh, somehow manages to, while wearing all of that, which ain't much, <laughs> uh, he still manages to throat punch Hal Jordan and nearly kill him, which, I, I don't know about you, but to me, that sounds like a Jason Todd move. Yeah, and I really can't, I really don't see a situation where a 10-year-old kid can generate enough force with just an airborne body punch <laughs> to do much of any kind of damage to a fit <laughs> adult man. Yeah, um, someone who's actually trained in the military because that that's what you do to be a fighter pilot. I mean, even to... If you gave them a weapon or something, okay, maybe you can weight them or something or <laughs> add electricity in some kind of stun fashion or chemical agent or something. <laughs> but when they're using their bare hands, you know, this child who has been trained for a very, very brief period of time, uh, granted his parents yeah. were acrobats, but he's 10. <laughs> he's, he's still 10. He's 10. <laughs> you don't see too many, you know parents in any context whether they're gymnasts or anything you know teaching their kids how to flip a hundred times and punch people in the throat <laughs> <laughs> so when stuff like that happens i have a hard time accepting the sidekick mantra uh i think another thing that really brings it down for me is the outfit if the outfit is ridiculous you know in addition to the age you know it really hurts it like Robin again. <laughs> you got the short shorts or the briefs. You got no armor protection or anything. You have the opposite of a stealthy outfit with bright yellow and green and you know whatever else. And the cape is usually bright yellow or something. That the artists over the years have done everything they could in order to go the stealthy route. Yeah, with and this I, costume. I know there's a lot of good examples out there, especially when they do like flashback comics to Night or uh Dick Grayson. Oh yeah. Or they do the modern interpretation where he's got like the dark green arms and the dark red vest so that people will shoot the vest and not his face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and his cape is black and he's got, you know, a staff or escrimus sticks or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, that makes sense to me. And he's, o he's older. <laughs> he's, he's not 10. He's, he's a teen. <laughs> Have you seen a 10 year old? <laughs> he hasn't hit puberty yet. <laughs> um, so in that regard, uh, it can be ruined for me. Uh, Speedy is like one I think of a lot. 
I do kind oh, of like yeah. what DC did where they had the kind of dynamic where they had the cloned <laughs> version of Speedy who's, you know, Red Arrow or whatever, and he's just, you know, a dude <laughs> in a vest with, you know, fucking torn off sleeves and a ball cap doing his thing, you know? It's like, uh, yeah, I, he's basically just an archer sniper. Yeah, but then when you have the traditional Speedy who's just a bright red eyesore, <laughs> he's just this little kid with a bow and arrow, you know? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Green Arrow himself is not <laughs> the most believable character to, to begin with. Then you add this extra function of a <laughs> Speedy. It just—it's like instead of a green one, how about a red, smaller one? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, there's some dynamics there. Um, and I think the final thing that a, a sidekick character needs to have, especially in modern day comics, to be relevant or likable to me is character depth which we got into during our what makes a character great and what makes a character bad oh yeah in previous weeks but if your side character doesn't have any depth they just kind of appear out of the blue and they're just suddenly good at everything with very minimal trading you know that's where i draw the line um with miles morales i'm looking at you yeah with dick you kind of have the you know yeah i'm acrobatic and stuff and then Bruce let him, you know, figure out who killed his family, basically, and without yeah. training him or revealing a secret. And then eventually he agreed to train him. And after a year or so of training, he finally said, okay, you're up to snuff. Let's do this. With other characters, not so much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> with Jason Todd, he just saw him stealing his hubcaps and like, hey, kid, you got some grit. Let's go do this. Uh, and then he had Tim Drake, who had no martial arts training whatsoever and was just smart. He's <laughs> just like, I figured out you're Batman. He's like, okay, all right, you, you want a job? <laughs> <laughs> Take this staff and hit people. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to train you in a dank, dark cave. Yeah. <laughs> with Damian Wayne, you kind of have, like, yes, he grew up with, you know, <laughs> Rachel Ghoul and, you know, Talia and, you know. So he's in got. The League of Assassins, his job was to kill. Yeah, he's. Period. He's, he's got some training on that end. Um, although I hate the interpretation that he is, again, a 10 year old <laughs> going around murdering people with a sword. Um, not that a 10 year old couldn't possibly murder somebody but it's much less believable yeah it's a little silly i don't know it's uh, just he's just better when he's a teen yeah i just feel like like older teen i mean an adult <laughs> couldn't just kick this kid out of the way or something you know again hasn't even hit puberty <laughs> uh, so i like Damian when he's a little 95 bit 95 pounds yeah um so, yeah, there's got to be some kind of character depth with Dick. You have his parents being murdered, you know, for a mob strike. Uh, yeah, the circus thing is a little corny in modern day interpretations, but there are still. <laughs> yeah, you know, circuses are still a thing, people. There's still children, usually Romani children, who grow up in that sort of lifestyle. So it's not unheard of, but it's a little <laughs> less relevant today. Yeah. Um, only a little. Jason Todd. He's just kind of a kid. <laughs> He's got parents, you know. They're, they're there. <laughs> Apparently, they're they're bad um, parents. As Red bad Hood, enough. he's interesting because he was murdered. <laughs> but that's about it. Uh, Tim Drake again, like he's intelligent. He figured things out, but like his backstory 
to me at least doesn't have that much depth it's what he does after he gets the mantle that makes him more interesting yeah um damien wayne you, you have that root with talia and bruce so obviously there's something there uh regardless of what you do with him but uh he has something you can work with uh speedy you have you know the drug addiction and yeah. then the you know kidnapping and cloning which I like the 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 things that resulted from this, you know, with you know Red Arrow and the, his dynamic with the original Speedy and you know rescuing him and you know all these different things. But uh, I don't understand why of all the superheroes you would clone the sidekick who shoots a bow and arrow. <laughs> I feel like if you were gonna clone any of the superheroes. You know, it might be more like Superboy, where he's half Kryptonian <laughs> and he can he's, do some damage. Yeah, he um, like he comes out of powerhouse as opposed to a kid who can shoot real good. I'm pretty sure anybody can be trained to shoot a bow and arrow as long as you have, you know, limbs and eyes. <laughs> I don't see why. I don't know if it, maybe it was an infiltration thing. I don't know, but I don't know. <sighs> I don't really remember that storyline too well, but I I don't really see a, a great reason to do it beyond I mean, like infiltration. I mean, it's kind of silly. Um, I think uh, one of the things that made specifically Speedy with his uh, drug addiction, um, I would say that that was something that made him both a good and a bad uh sidekick how so uh i would say that it made him a good sidekick in that uh he became the focus for a little bit but it more became the focus on how does green arrow deal with a drug addicted sidekick yeah and this was at the height of uh i believe this is at the height of the what was going on in like the 80s and 90s yeah, i think it was the like late the... 70s when it came out so right before the war on drugs really got going yeah <clears throat> the war on drugs was happening uh so we decided right, at, to right after it. the hippie phase as it bled into the more conservative war on drugs age of the 80s yeah and i, I think they actually ended up uh giving that character like aids or something as a result yeah they might have i don't remember yeah um, uh, they, they, these are things that uh, definitely got retconned yeah. over time because although they've been kind of brought back i mean arrow has kind of <laughs> a cw light version of this happening with oh his yeah younger they, sister yeah yeah yeah. They, they, they they've had uh, it's so, <laughs> so cringeworthy uh, uh i i mean they they've made allusions to different things like um Roy Harper having an issue with a needle messing him up real bad. Yeah. Um Speedy, the one that he actually calls Speedy his sister because he definitely <laughs> had one of those in the comics. Uh yeah. is he, she's the one with the drug addiction or former drug addiction. And then you know what I could I could talk about the issue with her all day i'm not gonna <laughs> so i i think if i'm 
picking up what you're laying down. <laughs> I think what you're getting at is to be a good sidekick, you have to add something, much like the uh, Robin discussion, you have to add something to the lead character without overwhelming him, without <laughs> making the whole story about the sidekick and not the, the hero himself. Right. And having depth in a way that doesn't take away from that lead character. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with those things. Okay. Yeah, I I definitely agree. Um, uh, I, <laughs> I think that's a big reason why Tim Drake eventually becomes a great Robin, because what he does with the mantle while he's there is play the perfect support character. Yes. Uh, he is always, you know... <laughs> On the computer, adding things. Um, as we discussed during our Robin topic, I would still downgrade him a little bit because he takes away some of what Batman's original uh, mystique, you know, lends to. Where he's, he is the ultimate detective, and now, eh, not so much. It's kind of Tim doing the detective work, and <laughs> yeah. Batman's just kind of laying back until he has to punch somebody. Um, Pretty much. So, and th- and those interpretations of Tim, I'm not a huge fan but when he does play that support role where he is there to lend a hand to distract foes to get him out of a bind if he finds himself in a corner you know yeah that's when he's at his best be his spotter yeah yeah um and i would say the same when dick was a robin not so much when he's nightwing when he's nightwing i want him to be the individual you know yeah um and not the support character i want him to have his original depth and everything um other examples, Falcon. Uh, <laughs> Falcon. I, I feel like he drifts between, especially in the modern interpretations, he he drifts between that, you know, I'm my own character who's got a little bit of depth and then falls back onto a support character, you know? Yeah. It's like Falcon's inception was kind of a weird one, to say the least. He's like this uh, guy from Harlem who has something happen to him where he ends up uh, either getting a suit or making a suit and for some reason can control a bird. (laughs) (laughs) And this guy, this is the one we're going to attach to Captain America. All right, we'll go with that. We'll maybe develop him a little bit. And then completely forget about him for a long time. <laughs> and then... And then bring him back. <laughs> and then, like, once we figure out what what it is that we want to do with him, we basically upgrade him the same way uh, they did over at DC with uh, Nightwing. Can you hold a shield? <laughs> <laughs> They're going to call you Captain... Falcon. Oh, the, no, that's taken. <laughs> I guess we're just going to call you Captain America. Yeah. I mean, y- you served, so there's that. <laughs> so, from our discussion so far, um, doesn't outshine the main character, which, in regards to Harley Quinn specifically, she's lucky that she's second <laughs> fiddle to the Joker, because <laughs> in kind of the modern interpretation of her, she would outshine basically any villain yes besides joker <laughs> yeah it is like she she has way too much going on for her to be anyone's sidekick these days yeah so which is interesting and great but also kind of 
terrible when you think about the point of that character originally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm I am not a fan whatsoever of the whole you know make Harley Quinn a good character thing, make her a superhero so she can have her own book or multiple books. <laughs> I like Harley Quinn when she is the villain, when she is the sidekick to Joker, or, you know, working with Poison Ivy or whatever else, you know. Um, Yeah. I don't like it when she's, you know, suddenly a good guy, but kind of (laughs) not. But a good guy, but kind of (laughs) not. Or when when she's an alpha, when she's only otherwise ever a beta. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, yeah. She goes to swooning over Joker and, you know, putting up with him beating the shit out of her all the time and then <laughs> helping her <laughs> because she's mentally ill in this case. Um, right. Uh, and then constantly pursuing this, you know, arch villain who is extremely interesting and chaotic and scary uh, to uh, pretending to be a good guy for the the fuck of it <laughs> so we can put her not? in booty shorts and put her on covers and stuff you know right we'll have her sleep with Deadshot, and you know for uh, for reasons uh, also poison ivy because progress <laughs> <laughs> i believe that's called exploitation um, <laughs> only a little so only a little in those regards she's <laughs> a terrible lead uh, yes and a great sidekick um uh, not to say that, that you can't have interesting female villains or anything like that, because clearly Poison Ivy <laughs> can be extremely interesting when used right. You have Catwoman, you have <laughs> yeah. innumerable people. But when you take Harley Quinn, who started as a cartoon sidekick punching bag. <laughs> to the Joker. To the Joker, <laughs> the ultimate villain. And then you just decide to make her a good person who helps people out in a kind of dickish way, but does. That's uh, I don't I don't like it, that it, interpretation yeah. as much. It, it's weak. Yeah, it's a little, little bit weak. I like her better as a villain. If Joker's locked up or missing, and she's just tearing through town trying to find him and <laughs> killing people and whatever else, that, I think that's way cooler and way scarier. I yeah, that 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 should be her shtick. If it ever the Joker is not within like ten feet of her, yeah. And it uh, looks like White Knight is going to be addressing this in the next issue, so we'll see what happens. Oh, yeah. Um, so basically from our list, I think our, we would probably agree the top option, don't outshine the main character. Right. Add some kind of depth. Again, not enough to outshine the main character and take over the story, but add depth to the lead character and yourself. Yeah. Don't be a child. <laughs> and by child, I mean an actual child, not a 15, 16-year-old teenager. I mean a child who was 10. <laughs> yeah, the, the the child thing, don't do that. Um, in a modern interpretation where you're not like a comic relief character, have like an, a costume that makes sense. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, yeah. do, don't, don't go skimping about unless you're... Harley Quinn again. <laughs> I mean, uh, unless you're uh, even Harley then, Quinn's an I adult would, and she's insane. So right, even then, whatever. I would still prefer. I mean, she like her very first costume worked perfectly fine for me. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm not like a costume like purist. I don't care if they change her or whatever. Give you eye candy or whatever, because at least you can say, "Hey, 
she's insane. She doesn't care about bullets. <laughs> <laughs> She'll wear whatever the hell she wants, you know. And she's a grown adult, yeah. not a adopted child <laughs> who a grown man is going to throw to the wolves <laughs> in scaled underwear. <laughs> After um, leaving him for God knows how many hours in a cave. Yeah, with a butler. <laughs> Bad man. <laughs> you got some splaining to do. Um, I think those. that's pretty much everything we wanted to hit. Is that about right? Yeah. Yeah. It, see, and from that, we've clearly discerned that it doesn't take much. <laughs> Which means that if you somehow manage to fail at being a good sidekick, man, go back to the drawing board. So, without further ado, let's get into the next topic. My topic is, as you could have guessed, Halloween-themed. Halloween! Uh, Once again, Halloween is right around the corner, uh, technically on Tuesday, but yeah, we're celebrating now. Yeah! (laughs) Uh... Emery and I celebrated, both dressed up and went a little bar trick-or-treating. Yes, we did. (laughs) (laughs) I'll show you the pictures here. Um, Notice our Gambit and Nightwing costumes. Um, Yep, as our favorites. I thought it would be fun for Halloween to discuss what our favorite Halloween memories are. Not necessarily exclusively about comics, but uh, you could talk about... You know, Halloween specials, or the comics, or TV shows, or cartoons, or whatever. Growing up, uh, favorite you know costume you got to wear, you know, favorite trick or treating memory, or anything like that. Hmm, um, okay. Favorite pumpkin you've carved? I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, to start us off, uh, I really enjoyed making my costume this this year. Um, Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> even though it caused me to panic a little bit because I kept, you know, running into financial uh, walls uh, as things came in and things went out. Uh, but my original idea was to get a, a leather Nightwing, you know, bike jacket because I ride motorcycles and stuff, um, and have the just the logo across the shoulders and stuff. And I was gonna make my own escrima sticks, which I did. Uh, get a mask of some sort some kind of domino mask i got one it's kind of big i wish i could have trimmed it down before halloween but um i got some i had some military jump boots uh in my my closet from a while ago so i was able to throw those on with some black jeans and a utility belt and stuff and add pouches and all all that good stuff and go out and rock the town with my leather jacket over my Nightwing logo yeah. <laughs> on a t-shirt because I couldn't afford the jacket. Um, that was one of the more fun experiences for me in any kind of costume context. Uh, <laughs> you know, prior to that, I grew up, you know, a fairly poor kid. I <laughs> I usually had the same costume for five to six years. <laughs> just uh, kept rocking and then it. once I hit puberty, my mom was like, all right, you're, you're done because <laughs> clearly you're going to grow too fast to save a costume. And you know, yeah, uh, you know, I was 11, like 11, 12. So, you know, growth spurt years. you're close to not being able to trick or treat anyway. So <laughs> and I, I got pretty tall pretty quick, even though I didn't really grow after that. <laughs> yeah. I got to five ten, five eleven, and just stopped. <laughs> um, 
so I my favorite you know Halloween memory for a costume was probably just doing this for the Nightwing cosplay and being able to feature it on the podcast. We were going to do the podcast in costume, but with everything that happened, we're just like, uh, yeah. <laughs> we don't have the time. Yeah. We'll, we'll wait another time, maybe. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, next year. Maybe a Comic-Con or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Comic-Con. So I had a ton of fun. You know, my escrow sticks, I was probably the most proud of. I, I actually looked up the real dimensions for, you know, Filipino escrow sticks and you know they use 26 by one inch rods or you know up to 28 by uh an inch and a quarter rods and i all i did is i went and got some oak dowels uh from oh yeah that'll do it from lowe's and had them cut down to 26 inches and uh spray painted them with like a hard enamel uh spray paint and then wrapped it in ace bandage to give me some handholds and uh give me something to hook on when i (laughs) put them in their holsters and my utility belt and stuff so i was pretty pretty happy with those and uh i think it'll be a lot better next year when i carve down that mask a little bit better and uh actually have the (laughs) the jacket i wanted instead of just the t-shirt under you know my bike jacket oh yeah yeah Um, i'm looking forward to seeing that I can't really remember any big Halloween specials as a kid. I, I I grew up watching a lot of scary movies, but uh, the, the cartoon stuff I really didn't mess with too much. I can think of like the South Park Halloween special <laughs> where they have corn <laughs> <laughs> pretending to be like Scooby-Doo and stuff. That was pretty funny. Um, but as far as like comic stuff, I don't really remember any big Halloween specials that really blew me away. I guess I could kind of cheat and say Batman the Long Halloween. Uh, oh, yeah, that's that, cheating. That that was a quintessential. <laughs> I mean, it's good. It's good, but that's cheating. <laughs> that was a quintessential one because I if I remember right, it starts it started on Halloween and then went all the way through the year, through Christmas and everything and there's like a chapter. Like it, every issue was a, <laughs> a holiday specific time all the way through because they had the calendar killer on there. Right. Um so that that again that might be cheating but I really enjoy that. Uh another big comic central event that I really dug was uh the Monsters variant covers that they did uh f- I think in 20 I want to say 2014 2015. They mm. did it two years in a row. They might have done it three. Uh but for sure I really love that first stream where they had a bunch of <clears throat> uh they had a variant for every DC cover of some kind of horror-themed whatever. You know, they had Batman and Superman, and for that one, they were, you know, a werewolves or something, and then yeah, they had the Batman and Robin run with Damien, and they, <laughs> they were both... Uh, I think Batman was like a pharaoh, and Damien was a mummy, and... Interesting. They, they had a lot of really cool ones that I really enjoyed and thought were fun, and I think... I want to say the Wonder Woman was my favorite because it just looks so cool. Um I, I can't remember what it was. I think she was like a like a, a an ancient like pharaoh or something like that, you know, or maybe maybe some kind of like old interpretation of Dracula or something. But uh, those covers were awesome. I really loved it, and it came right after the steampunk variant covers that they had for a month that I really loved too. Nice. So um, those are some of my favorite, you know. Halloween comic centric memories, you know. Uh I I lo- as a kid I <laughs> I seem to always be Power Rangers up until you know <laughs> about when I stopped trick or treating really. I I think I was 
a generic vampire <laughs> and I cut up a bed sheet and had some fake teeth. <laughs> I was a generic vampire one year, but every year before that I was pretty much, you know, either the green ranger or the red ranger. Cause those are the two costumes I got to have for all that time. <laughs> How about you? Um, well, yeah, I, I also kind of grew up poor and <laughs> this was the kind of poor where, I would not even get an entire costume. <laughs> I would maybe get a Jason mask one year, or maybe a Freddy Krueger's hand claw a different <laughs> year. And there'd be some times when I would just uh, have a weird like amalgamation of like costume things, and I would just mash them together. Just everything weird. monster. <laughs> yes, everything monster. And I think in my teens, I was working at Kroger... And decided to just wear my Kroger shirt along with like some weird monster shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the uh, evil grocers coming to feed you. Maybe yeah. I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I think once I became, you know, eleven or twelve, and again because we we're broke and I was growing too fast, we, you know, it couldn't really celebrate Halloween. Yeah. Um, my younger, before we moved to Brooklyn, I still lived with uh, two of my younger siblings, and they would go out and trick-or-treat and do their thing. I would usually just hang out and hand out candy or something. But up between, I'd say, age like 11 or 12 up to, I don't know, probably probably up until this year, really, huh. I really didn't do anything for Halloween outside of just handing out candy. And it's not because I didn't want to. It's just... <laughs> I was broke, <laughs> and I didn't see a, a good reason to do anything spectacular. Uh, the past right. few years, I had like, oh, I do remember one. Uh, past few years, I had like a Batman mask that I got on sale after Halloween. It was the Tim Burton, you know, full <laughs> Batman mask with the yellow on. Uh, oh, really? Full, like, cow. Unfortunately, it ripped a little bit. I don't know if I still have it, but I would wear that. While they handed out candy and, you know, talking the <laughs> overly dramatic Batman voice. <laughs> like, where is he? <laughs> you know? Where's Rachel? <laughs> um, so I did that, and that was pretty fun. And the one time I can remember, other than this year, uh, where I went, like, full on and made, like, a costume, was I used that Tim Burton mask. This was probably three or four years ago. Um, <laughs> and I... I wore a black shirt, long sleeve black shirt under it, inside out, because I didn't have a plain long sleeve black shirt. Uh, I just removed the tags. So I used to sew lines and stuff. I wore uh, shooter gloves from when I was in the army. I spray painted some knee pads I had from when I was in the army, and some I got I bought some like skateboarding elbow pads, spray painted them black because I didn't have any, just all black ones. And I had some black boots that I wore. <laughs> and that was my outfit for Halloween as Batman. It was just a bunch of black clothes and then like the the legit Batman cow. <laughs> and then uh we went around when I we I briefly lived in Bowling Green, Ohio and went to the bars and stuff. Uh sporting my <laughs> Batman skateboard pads <laughs> outfit. Nice. Yeah. But yeah, uh like you, I didn't didn't have much money or anything. I grew up with a single mom most of the time. Yeah, uh, yeah, we didn't 
I, I didn't really get much. I, <laughs> uh, by the end of the the road for my you know Power Rangers costumes, it, it would just it'd be ripping at the seam because I was way <laughs> too big for it, and you know, <laughs> my sleeves would end like here, <laughs> and you know it, it was you know just the cheap like Walmart ones. So it's just like the leotard suit <laughs> you know i have the high waters you know almost <laughs> to my knees and like all the fabrics bulging and like i have the the little the mass that smells like cavities and depression <laughs> from, from being breathed in since i was a child you know uh <laughs> somebody made the green ranger grow <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I, I I had a ton of fun when I was a kid and trick or treating. And if I have kids in the future, I absolutely am <laughs> am going to let them live it up and dress what they want to and go oh, trick or treating because yeah. uh, I would eat those bags of candy all year long, man. <laughs> so much diabetes. We had some prime spots too. I don't know where they would take us, but they would load us up on candy, man. Oh yeah, uh, it was like a golden age of like pure sugar. <laughs> Oh my god, the nineties. Yeah. Nobody cared yet. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh we're already letting our kids wander around by themselves at night. Yeah. <laughs> so your gambit costume is pretty awesome. Do you have any other big uh Halloween memories you want to share or uh well I'll share the the one that uh we kind of made. Uh, you and I like over the weekend went out with some friends mm-hmm. and yeah, I think we had a blast. Yeah, it was a pretty uh, good time. Walking around. We got uh, a little late hop- star. <laughs> you start so we didn't get to stay out quite as long as we expected to, but Yeah. But, uh, still. Still <laughs> we we had quite a bit of fun, I think. We went to uh a very popular club in the short north. <laughs> um which will remain nameless unless they want to sponsor us. Right. Uh, it, it will rename remain nameless starts for with now. a u ends with an n um <laughs> but we went there and they had a pretty cool costume contest and they had <laughs> they had a, a character from uh that video game i don't remember which one it was uh, uh competitive shooter overwatch, overwatch. overwatch yeah, yeah. Some, some guy they just had, came with mercy wings yeah and he had that the was wings it. and he would pull a string and the wings would just go <laughs> <laughs> and, was, and, and that was it it was pretty cool though <laughs> yeah it had a what a giant headed chucky <laughs> it was just <laughs> yeah. a giant paper mache head i mean literally this it, big it, it, was, it was absurd watching the how video. large the the head was like, and he, he could li- not get in the door <laughs> he literally no matter what he did could not get in the door from the outside patio area oh yeah to participate in the competition he was in <laughs> <laughs> and i um, think he won maybe did he I don't uh, know. I'm not sure. I don't remember who the winner was. Yeah. Uh, there's some other great ones we saw along the lines. Uh, uh, I think the one... big seller right now is probably Harley Quinn and Wonder Woman. I know when yeah. I was searching for Nightwing stuff, like just nothing but Harley Quinn and <laughs> Wonder Woman bodysuits. <laughs> you know, like the the straight V <laughs> I, I, I bodysuits. I actually remember in one of the bars we went to, there was a guy in a Wonder Woman yeah, costume. Yeah, yeah, that was later on. We saw the the guy rocking the skin tight yeah. <laughs> Wonder Woman bodysuit. That was pretty good. Oh yeah, that props like he, props to that guy. Like he, uh, I saw him. He saw me, and it was like, 
Uh, yeah, I think we both know what we did here. <laughs> <laughs> we, we came in costume when like almost everyone else didn't. So how do you feel about Halloween generally, S- especially well, as an adult? Uh, I, I feel as though Halloween, it, it is the perfect time to dress up. It is the perfect reason to invest in any kind of like costume or costuming material outside of some cosplay or con activity or something oh yeah yeah and this Which is... even that is miserable because you're walking around in the sweaty suit <laughs> <laughs> trying to t- you know, oh god if you're, if you're good everybody's stopping you for pictures so you don't get to do anything right and then if you're bad everybody <laughs> makes fun of you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> even if they don't do it to your face you know the judgment is there oh yeah uh actually i think it was a. Uh... A day or two after our, I think it was actually just the day after uh, the bar hop that we were doing, uh, I then ended up going to the the local Renaissance Festival. Yeah. And there is actually the place where I got stopped and, you know, photographed. (laughs) (laughs) Which, uh... A few people recognize you on our bar hopping tour. Uh, a few people did. Yeah, they did not recognize me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would even tell them, and they'd be like, who? <laughs> yeah, Nightwing. Oh, oh you fucks. <laughs> Ironically, Nightwing's gonna my have girlfriend's day, father knew who Nightwing was, but these random teenagers, you know, well, not teenagers, adults at the bars, yeah, <laughs> didn't know. <sighs> this generation, you've disappointed me yet again. And I don't think the Titan show is really going to help you much. No, not on, <laughs> not on that streaming app. It won't. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, Halloween is actually kind of one of my favorite holidays to celebrate. Really? And uh, specifically because I like seeing A, costume that I feel like wearing. B, costumes that other people feel like wearing, and C, how many people actually get up the nerve to put on a costume in front of a bunch of other people. I think that's the biggest thing that holds Halloween back for adults. Yeah. (laughs) Is you don't want to be the one adult (laughs) that dressed up in a crowd of adults that didn't. And that kind of happened. be the only one. Yeah, that kind (laughs) of happened at the first place we went to where we walked in and there was, you know, beyond our immediate group... Yeah. I saw maybe one other costume. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nobody it, dressed up. Actually, at that first bar, uh, th- this was a fun thing. Uh, the bartender, actually, yeah. or like one of the bartenders, yeah. actually showed me like from like a year before, like 2016, uh, he and his girlfriend had actually gone to a... Uh, costume like it was a halloween costume competition and (laughs) he had gone as wolverine awesome which is honestly relatively easy yeah (laughs) torn wife beater (laughs) torn wife beater claws brown jacket gel the hair pants (laughs) (laughs) Pants. pretty easy costume yeah Uh, true his girlfriend burns yeah side burns you can grow those. <laughs> if you can't, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, his girlfriend, to contrast that, went as Gamora. Wow. Yeah. Does she go full body paint and everything? Uh, 
the parts of her skin that you could see were green. Wow, that's dedication. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I was impressed. Yeah, those people that do the full makeup and full bodysuit and stuff, more power to you, because I don't understand how you can even be remotely comfortable wearing all of that, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, I yeah, think- I did that once. Oh, I definitely enjoyed. I never do that again. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely enjoyed Halloween more as a kid because there wasn't the stigma of if you're the only adult <laughs> dressed up for Halloween. Oh yeah, you're not incredibly uncomfortable. Um, if you want to do more adult activities later on, <laughs> you don't have to get out of this spandex and stuff. <laughs> um, unless you go as sexy, fill in the blank. <laughs> right. Um. Which but I feel tends to be a lot of the sexy version of just about anything. Yeah, I'm not really a big party guy, but I I feel like the party vibe during Halloween is way way more fun than any other holiday season or part of the year. Easily, Uh, just everybody's assuming people worked up the nerve and you're not in a crowd where everybody's just like, oh, I'm too cool for this. You know, (laughs) where everybody did dress up and try to be creative. You can have some good laughs. You can. You know, if you're lucky, have some eye candy. If you're even luckier, be the eye candy. <laughs> I try, but uh, <laughs> not quite there yet. Yeah, uh, working on it. <laughs> um, but it's just a, a great atmosphere. But I think you know, in terms of like the rankings, you know, like Christmas, Thanksgiving, and all these other holidays, July Fourth for me, you know, it's hard to beat Thanksgiving as an adult. Because as as an adult, all I want to do is eat, sleep, sit, sit, watch (laughs) marathons of Netflix shows and uh, knockout comics, and maybe watch Detroit lose another football (laughs) game for whatever reason. Uh, Watch sports, and that's about it. <laughs> because if I do anything more fun, I'll be judged. <laughs> um, but as a kid, you do have that freedom to go out and you know search, uh, explore all these neighborhoods with your friends, and knock on doors and get candy, and hopefully no one put a razor in your candy or something. <laughs> <laughs> but generally, um, yeah, it was always good. I don't. Know. Did you ever get those like popcorn balls and stuff? Oh, I, I did. Anytime I got anything that was homemade and was not like in a you know company wrapper, yeah, my mom made me throw it out. <laughs> Couldn't touch it because my mom was paranoid about needles and razors and stuff. That oh yeah, there's you know. like a weird scare in the '90s again. Yeah. The '90s. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it still happens from time to time, but it's 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 like one or two houses in america <laughs> yeah, in the 350 america. million people yeah one it, or two it, houses is fucking with people <laughs> you <know? laughs> you're probably safe but i i understand why you wouldn't oh yeah like check it maybe get a metal detector just in case yeah so i i love halloween as an adult not quite as much as i did as a kid um I wish more people as adults loved Halloween and would push more, you know, Halloween activities, whereas I feel like most people just want to sit on their ass and watch a scary movie and maybe hand out candy from time to time. Well, Um, this is the hope that I have with the cosplay scene, is with that growing more and more popular as a thing to get into, um, opportunities like Halloween could 
in the coming years present themselves as an opportunity for those same people to just you know encourage others like dude it's like you you want to you want a costume for halloween like i'll I'll make you something as long as you wear it (laughs) (laughs) like opening that up and relieving the stigma that is still in america that halloween is for children (laughs) (laughs) which to be fair it it is yes (laughs) yes the uh Candy companies know exactly what they're doing, but we as adults can still capitalize on that (laughs) and find an excuse to have some fun. An excuse to have some costumed fun, hopefully. I I will say this. The one thing that grinds my gears on Halloween is when people half-ass a costume. Ooh. Where they dress up and they're normal, going out to the bar, or whatever, <laughs> date night clothes, and then they have like one small mask. <laughs> or I saw a guy yesterday that wasn't even that. He had a bandana around his neck that had zombies on it. That was it. No makeup, <laughs> no, no like torn clothes or anything, no nothing, just scarf with cartoon zombies. <laughs> that's it <laughs> it's just so yeah. sad either put the effort forward or don't do it at all <laughs> while we're not purists we can be elitists <laughs> <laughs> just... and with that <laughs> uh, is there anything you wanted to add any other memories or um... big subject of discussion for Halloween uh, not really. Uh, I will say something that I remember being absent from my childhood uh, with a lot of the superhero shows that I remember growing up on. I really don't remember any of those shows really embracing Halloween as a thing. Yeah, I think, at least in the United States, Halloween has kind of a iffy history like a weird rap because there, with it. especially you know more in the 80s and early 90s there was still a very strong kind of religious stigma to halloween for specific groups especially in like the midwest <laughs> yeah. in the south where you could like i remember my grandmother refused to let my cousins my younger cousins watch harry potter because there was witchcraft in it you know <sighs> that that sort of thing and <laughs> it's unfortunate because then you know they miss out on a big cultural activity that's fun and harmless you know yeah but in those more kind of older more you know strict religious households <laughs> You have the stigma and when you make some kind of cartoon that's meant for the kids of said household uh, Halloween themed where you do have a horror slash witchcraft slash whatever element to it, you run the risk of alienating said household and then not the parents or grandparents not letting the kids watch said TV show and losing on ratings and stuff. Right. Uh, So I think there's a little bit of that, especially in the United States where there is a very strong religious core or at least there was especially in the like late 80s uh early Early 90s 90s. yeah that's it's it's definitely lessened up a lot since you know the bible belt days but yeah uh now it's a more kind of progressive (laughs) forward thinking we can do halloween things now uh, yeah religious society but uh Uh, back in those days post reagan you know early bush days and all those sorts yeah it was a little bit more 
fundamentalist, you know, little don't, bit. don't there there was still things like matilda or whatever another thing my grandmother wouldn't <laughs> let us watch because there was witchcraft and stuff the, you know? the dangerous telekinetic matilda yeah so i think the that's probably the main reason why there were, were like thanksgiving ones and christmas, uh, christmas ones. ones but yeah. they kind of tr- tried to stray away from the halloween <laughs> ones because they didn't want to alienate you know the households right. that could potentially hurt the ratings um i'm trying to think of one that I, I think Charlie Brown might have had a Halloween special, but that's about the only thing I can think of. Yeah, and they didn't even call it Halloween. They called it like the pumpkin festival or something. They focused yeah. on the pumpkin. Yeah. So, <laughs> one unfortunate thing. Anytime you have to address anything potentially religious, like witchcraft or the devil or whatever, which obviously Halloween is, you know, f- festively focused on, you know. Yeah. People associate, like, Halloween with, like, the Salem witch trials and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. Uh, some weird form of Satanism. Then Guys, can- sometimes people take <laughs> take it a little too literally and, you know. It's like, can, can we just address the fact that Halloween in the current day, Halloween is just an excuse kids to walk from house to house and ask for candy <laughs> that's all it is dress up in fun costumes and yeah use this, their imagination for a night you yeah know? this is dress up and have fun with your friends day yeah um anything else um i wish i could re- <laughs> i really can't remember i think you're right i can't remember yeah too like many a, halloween specials I, I know there's like a star wars one but <laughs> it yeah. wasn't a cartoon and yeah that like, i remember a lot of like you know, things like Sesame Street, I guess, but yeah, but then I don't, really. I don't remember any like anything from the Batman cartoons. I don't remember anything from the X Men cartoons or the Spider Man. I guess or... the more like adult shows, like The Simpsons. I guess yeah, they always had their Treehouse of Horror special or whatever. Yeah, they did. Um, that's really the only one I can think of, though. Yeah, I can't think of too many other Halloween specials. Huh. But yeah, that's it for me. All right. Well, I guess that'll wrap up our topics. Uh, this brings up our weekly segment of Cosplayer of the Week. This week, our Cosplayers <gasps> of the Week We are have more than one this time. Emery and me. Hey! Uh, we already showed you these pictures, so hey, look at them yeah. again. Look at them right here. We did again. things. <laughs> well, I'll have another one for you next week. Remember, if you want to submit your cosplay to us to be featured on our show, you can hit us up on Twitter at HTBVids. You can hit us up on Facebook at forward slash hit the books. And we now have an Instagram account. Yeah. Uh, what's the tag for that? Uh, hit the books. Hit the books. So uh, I don't know how Instagram works because <laughs> I live in the Stone Age. But uh, yeah, you can hit us on hit the books on Instagram and submit there if you wish. Yeah, no, Just, uh, follow, follow know, our can postings. Can you tag people? Is that uh, how you submit stuff? Uh, you, you can tag people. Uh, you slide into our DMs. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you can. Uh, what what we'll be posting on Instagram more than likely is going to be. Uh, Images of comics that we're going to be following, taking a look at uh, the things that we ourselves are personally interested in, yeah. or maybe even images of, you know, does the content match the drapes? Mm, look forward to that next week. Yeah. Um, check us out. 
So please don't uh, submit any cosplayers or something that are not you or you do not have the permission to submit because we don't want to anger anybody. Yeah, whatever you do, submit your own work or material. Um, I think that wraps everything up. I want to thank you all for sticking with us for another mediocre edition of Hit the Books Podcast. Mediocre! Thank you all for sticking with us. If you like what you hear, be sure to like and subscribe down below on our YouTube videos or follow us on your podcast services of choice, including Stitcher and iTunes, and on the social networks we just mentioned, at HDBVids on Twitter, at forward slash hit the books on Facebook and at hit the books on Instagram. We also have a website that is up and active and running our RSS feed. Yay! Yay! It took forever. Uh, you can check that out at htbvids.com. Again, that's htbvids.com. Uh, I think that wraps everything up. Let's put a bow on it. I'm your host, Chris Holcomb. And I'm Emery Saunders. Thank you for watching. We will see you next week. Bye-bye.